I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Guten Tag and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Luton defence to my Brentford attack. It's Justin Peach. Uh, pretty humiliating this week for me, that. Mm. It is very humiliating. Loads of goals this weekend, loads of goals. Yes. Only one game had fewer than two goals. Oh. And two two goals, two, two goals, two games had seven goals. Let's start with the one we've just mentioned. Brentford, seven. Luton, nil. Five different scorers at Griffin Park, including a hat-trick from Josh De Silva. Where on earth do we start with dissecting this bugger? Uh, easily, with Brentford. Well, yeah, it goes without <laughs> saying. Brentford were really, really good. Well, Luton were shit. <laughs> and that is analysis. It's the perfect storm, really, isn't it? it sometimes these games do happen where mm-hmm. one team's just in top form, the other is not in any form whatsoever. Well, Brentford are coming off the back of a defeat and Luton are coming off the back of a win. So, yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, every Brentford player was brilliant. Every Luton yeah. player wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And on the game itself, I don't think there's too much to say. I'll let Jake on Twitter explain the game for us. A combination of numerous defensive calamities from Luton and the relentless attacking philosophy from Brentford. The first three goals they conceded were horrendous. Hopefully our inconsistency doesn't bog us down over the season ahead like it has done so far. Mm-hmm. And he is right, really. Isn't no, he? Because yeah, absolutely. Brentford have been the form team in the Championship but let yep. themselves down in midweek. Mm-hmm. But surely this is it now. <laughs> well, you'd hope so. It's it is obviously a comprehensive win for Brentford, and sometimes you get these days where they're absolutely perfect and everything goes for you. The first goal set the the precedent for for Luton in the sense of bad defending. You know, Dan Potts shouldn't be chesting it down to his keeper there. He should be putting it out for either a corner or a throw-in if he can, or putting a bit more conviction on it. And obviously, James Shea slips, lets Embuemo in, and it's a goal. That set the standard for the day, and um, as you say, you know, can it be the the catalyst for Brentford this season? Maybe. Um, but the catalyst has already kind of started, hasn't it? Because we said they were going to rise up the table, and mm-hmm. they have. They are still hovering around the playoffs at the moment, yeah. but you feel like they will get in there. No, definitely, they're, they're they're a good side, and on their day, they're the best attacking team in a division. I don't think there's any. I don't think there are many teams that are, that are close to them. Perhaps West Brom, and that that might be it. Leeds have struggled um, at times to convert their chances, um, but Brentford, as I say, can can be the best attacking team on the division. They scored three or more six times this season, but there are games that they lose one 0 You know, you're going back to Tuesday, and they and they did the same thing. So hopefully, this 
is a turning point for them in the sense that they start putting putting teams away. Yeah, Thomas Frank at times has looked like he struggled to pick out his best eleven mm-hmm. at times this season, but I think he's just discovered what it is. Because Maybe. if you or me were picking the best Brentford eleven, mm-hmm. I can't see it being too far off what they had yesterday. Well, true, but he's he's picked players that have had fairly long spells out of the side. Jensen um, was out of the side for a bit, Pinnock as well. So, you know, hopefully the, it was just a case of bedding the new signings in. It's, it's taken a while and it obviously helps when there are, you've got players like De Silva, Josh De Silva, who is not getting the praise he deserves this season. He's I was going to ask you. fantastic. He was absolutely unbelievable mm-hmm. yesterday. Obviously got a hat-trick. I mean, every went for play yesterday was unbelievable. But if you had to pick out one, he is the standout. Yeah. How good could he end up being? Oh, it's, I, yeah, I've, I've got I've hardly got any words for it. He's a he's a cracking player. He's got a a lovely left foot. Um, ability wise, is is quality. He's a good playmaker and size wise, yeah, so physically, he he's a player that can easily suit the Premier League. So that all that's all in his favour. And the, the fact that Brentford did they get him on a free? Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's you know. Highlights their 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 recruitment, um, but as I say, he can, he can be he can become a very very good player. So Premier League, I think that's that's good. That's going to happen. That's a guarantee for a player like him. England, potentially. As I say, he's phys- physically he's you know he, he ticks all the boxes, and he's only twenty one. And he's only twenty one. It's about getting him games and giving him the the chance to flourish. And Brentford are doing that now. Yeah, let's talk Luton. Because some of the goals they conceded were very, very funny. As you mentioned, mm. the Potts one for the first one, that was, it set the precedent for the rest of the day. Yeah. The tackle for the last goal, mm-hmm. which was a penalty, mm-hmm. it was Potts again. I've never seen a more clear penalty mm-hmm. in my life. Yep. <laughs> He's just gone straight through him. Not, not a good day for her. For him, <laughs> no, well, not a good day for any of the players. Yeah, Unsurprisingly, yeah, yeah. the players and manager have apologized for this performance. Is it the kind of performance you write off and just go again next week, or could it be the start of more bad news for Graham Jones? I want to say it's a one off because Luton they've been in games. I, I go back to the Leeds performance, they although chance wise they got peppered, they had opportunities themselves and they nearly nicked it, nearly nicked a draw at the end of the game. Same against Forest. You know, teams that have been at the top. Well, they beat Bristol City 3 0, didn't they? Exactly. And the win against Charlton in the week, I thought, might have been a turning point. But perhaps coming up against a Brentford side who, on the back of a loss, they can be dangerous. If you're not, if you're not set up right, especially at Griffin Park, you can get turned over easily. Any team, any team that goes there can get turned over. Um, and Luton got turned over two or three times. What is their big issue? Because one of the issues that I was looking at earlier is the only player who's really stood out for me in this Luton team mm-hmm. this season is Izzy Brown yeah, and the he... rest of the side no one really has shone yeah, in this Luton team I think Brown went off yesterday with a hamstring injury as well not ideal mm, if they man. lose him they're pretty buggered because he's the only one who seems to make things tick in that team no definitely I like um, James Collins before. he hasn't really hit it Season, no, he? but then again, last season. I don't think Luton are creating. They, they've lost two creative outlets in their their, their full work from last season. That, as we've seen with Barnsley, 
that that much surgery to a side can can be catastrophic and i think creatively for for Luton it it has diminished them a bit Fair enough. Let's go to the other seven-goal game. It was at Ashton Gate, where it was Bristol City 5, Huddersfield 2, Andy Vyman got two of them. The funny thing is, Lee Johnson was getting slated all over the place in midweek <laughs> after they were thumped by West Brom. Yeah. But brilliant performance here. See some climb up to fifth. What do you make of it? I think Bristol City have needed a game like this, haven't they? They've, they've been in games... They've been going ahead in games and not really been putting teams away. They haven't beaten a team by two or more um, two or more goals since Hull at the end of August. And obviously getting battered by West Brom, this is a very good response. Um, they were clinical. Um, I thought Olyson was 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 great out wide, mm. um, getting a goal and a, a couple of assists. Um, I heard the the summariser on Quest um, say he was having judo lessons to improve his strength. Fair, yeah, it was clearly working. Never really thought about it. I might have to get involved because I am a weakling. There's there's a lot wrong with you, Ryan. Mm, fair point. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Eliason on the wing. On the other wing was Josh Brownhill. Mm. His first game this season playing on the right wing and he got a he got an assist and a goal. There's a goal. There's it hit him. It's a goal. They all count. <laughs> Is there no end to what this boy can do? He's been linked with clubs yeah. in the Premier League and this performance is not going to discourage them, is it? No, definitely. I guess time will tell. Again, similar mould uh, to De Silva in the sense that he's a creative player, um, he's, he's uh, flexible in where he can play and as well, I know, I know I've mentioned size and physicality already, but he's got that attribute and players who, who have that already, they tend to thrive in the league or settle into the Premier League a lot quicker than some so again he's a player that I think can go can go pretty far he's been outstanding this season mm. what do you think Bristol City need to do to uh, stay in the playoffs I think having a settled side you know obviously the, the injuries they've had throughout um, the season so far has, has been I mean it, it would unsettle any side losing key players like they have but Bristol City they managed to remain in the playoff hunt Um I still think I know they scored five goals yesterday. They are lacking the Afobi type player. I think he was going to be the main man this season. Um, so I think that that's where they need to they need to strengthen. Really, they, they've got enough competition um, in the middle of the park defence. Perhaps another wide player, but you know the rumor mill has it that Patterson's going back. So <laughs> he might actually be involved as well. Yeah. I wanted to bring up the defence because. Uh, it's a bit harsh to criticise the Bristol City defence because of the injury problems they've had this season. Mm-hmm. You know, they've lost to Silva, Hunt, Callas. They have been, they've lost their three yeah. star players no, in defence, really. So it's been a bit chop and change, but they have got the second worst defensive record in the top half. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm reluctant to criticise them defensively because they have lost those players. But if they have got to strengthen somewhere, you would have to say... That needs to improve. Let's talk Huddersfield because Danny Cowley was very upset yeah. with his side. He yeah, said the sure fans did. work all week to watch their team and then they put in a performance like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we thought Cowley had turned the corner yeah, with this yeah, Huddersfield yeah. side, but they've stalled a bit recently. They've gone a whole month without winning. Yeah. So what do you make of, firstly, this performance and the state of things at Huddersfield? Um, well, the winless in four, so... 
performance wise perhaps it was coming you know games come thick and fast and you know when you get absolutely panned at least it wasn't at home you know same with Luton at least you're not, you're not getting beaten 7-0 at home that's a positive it doesn't happen often but you know you've seen it happen um, you know I think the Cavs have got to dig deep Huddersfield have been down in a relegation battle pretty much all season and if they're not picking up points and not winning games you know it's 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 going to make it's going to make it hard for them. Mm. You, they gave off the impression that they were pulling away from relegation, weren't they? But they're only two points off the bottom it's three. That, that new manager bounce, Ryan. Mm. The one I'm very sceptical of. I have faith that Cowley can definitely keep Huddersfield in the yeah, division. Yeah, yeah. And I thought he might take them into the top half, but things have stalled a bit recently. Mm. So whether that happens, we'll have to wait and see. Keeping Carlin Grant fit and out of the club throughout January is probably the difference to them staying up because still although other players have got on the score sheet he's still the main source of goals yeah absolutely Leeds 4 Middlesbrough nil. Matthias Glick with a brace Leeds took their chances hooray well <laughs> the amount of chances they had they could have won this could have been Brentford levels more than Brentford levels, no chances they had. Oliver on Twitter says Leeds were excellent yesterday, although it was against an average Borough side. We managed to take a lot more of our chances, which has been our problem this season. Things are looking good at the moment. Alex says completely dominated <coughs> throughout and finally started taking our chances. However, we were up against a very poor Borough side who never really troubled us. There's a there's a difference in <laughs> there's a theme there. The, the first one was very complimentary of of Borough average. <laughs> would be very kind for Borough at the moment. We'll get onto them in a sec, Justin. I know you're so eager to no, dick on Jonathan no. Woodgate. Uh, but yeah, when, as you say, when you look at their expected goals, they should be doing this just about every week, oh. shouldn't they? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I think the best thing for Leeds is to get an early goal, three minutes in. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that eases the tension in the ground because, obviously, you know, I don't go to Leeds games, but the story of part of the season was definitely Leeds go one nil up, or they leave it late to to go to go ahead. Um, they they don't struggle in games, but you know it can create a bit of tension. So scoring after three minutes is perfect. Yeah, perfect start. Yeah. It's a good tactic to score goals first. Yeah, and early. Mm. Sometimes you can do it too early though, Justin. Not in this case because yeah. Middlesbrough aren't very good mm. I have changed my mind a bit about uh, Leeds because as you will recall we got asked a couple of weeks ago during the international break who we think yeah. what what order we think the top six will be and I thought it might be a three horse race with Leeds West Brom and Preston and I was thinking Leeds because they struggled to put away their chances they might not stay in the top two yeah. but with Preston imploding this past week I have changed my mind because you can't afford to slip up too many times when you want to get promoted in this league now I think there's a very good chance West Brom and Leeds could create a gap and just run away with it I, I think they will anyway I, regardless of how Preston are performing as the, the data has shown all season Leeds have even when they've struggled, they've continued to create chances. But the, my issue was they did that last season. They were no, far no, and yeah. away the best team in terms of the underlying data. I just, I just don't think 
Bielsa's a naive enough coach, especially in the championship, to, to let it happen twice. Um, he's experienced. I don't think it's really his fault. He's no, not no, putting it, away the chances. No, absolutely. But he's, he's, a, he's a smart guy. And if things aren't working, he'll change it up. Like yesterday, for example, Leeds, I have no idea what formation they were playing. They were playing three, four. It was like a four, two, three, one, but, all over the but place. three at the back. At times, at times, Luke Ayling, who was a centre half uh, yesterday, he had a couple of chances in around the eighteen-yard box. I don't think he's the only one having chances against this Middlesbrough team. No. I do feel a bit sorry for Jonathan Woodgate because just as it looked like he was turning the corner and getting a bit of momentum, this happens. Now the fans want him out, but the Borough bench sums up how tough a hand he's been dealt because mm-hmm. they only had one senior outfield player on the bench. That was Adam Clayton. He's having to draft in the kids and he's, as I say, been dealt a tough hand because a lot of these players are out of contract at the end of the season. Yeah. So if Woodgate were to go, who's going to come in? Because it's not a very attractive job. (laughs) (laughs) No, perhaps it was a role that came up too soon for, for Woodgate. As you say, players are out of contract. There's no money to, to invest in the team. You've got to bring through youth players over the past couple of years. They haven't have that they haven't had that bedding of, of youth players coming through. I think there's just Dale Fry. Tavernier. Um and Tavernier who have who have broke through in recent years who could possibly who are performing at a first team level, whereas, you know, there are um and Lewis Wing as well. Um there's Colson, for example, Nathan Woods, who are just starting out. So they've got a couple of years to go before they're you know they're going to be consistently good um so as you say yeah he has been a, he has been dealt a, a duff hand um but at the same time they've, they've got i'm not going to say they've got to be better coached but they've got to be better coached <laughs> well, yeah they have they, you've got to settle on a, a, a style in games that plays to your strengths and they haven't been doing that how long do you give woodgate uh, well, we're in December now, and December, you know, as everybody says, is a crucial month in the championship mm-hmm. because teams pull away, teams get cut adrift. Um, I think you give them till Christmas, past Christmas, just past Christmas. Asked uh, Borough fans mm-hmm. on Twitter for their response. Ross says, sack Woodgate and then what? Who would want to manage a team who have no money to spend and their only good players are all out of contract at the end of the season? Jamie on Twitter says, only if he takes the team in charge of recruitment with him. OK, that's fair. <laughs> Kieran says, yes, questions need to be answered from Gibson for four years of horrendous decisions. Mm-hmm. And Rob on Twitter says, high press, attacking football, youth players... Plays to Brit's strengths, entertains fans, fill the riverside again. Bristol boss says Woodgate has been very public with how he will play. Barnsley boss says we had no game plan. Thank you, Steve Gibson. Sack him. Fair enough. Just one thing on the chairman as well. Steve Gibson's in a similar... He's had a similar issue to to Mel Morris at Derby in the sense that they are overspent on players who are in their peak and by the end of their contracts they are... They have no resale value because they're either old or have been out of form. Well, no, loads of clubs nowadays, they, that's what they do. They will strictly not sign players over mm-hmm. a certain age. For example, 26 is an age that yeah. seems to be quite a common one. No, yeah. So unless they can 
get someone at a knockdown value, yeah. then it's not not going to happen. Yeah, they're both paying the price for poor investment. Mm. Charlton, Stoke, and Huddersfield are some of Borough's next games. Okay, that the the run that run is pivotal mm. for Woodgate. Absolutely. Just on, wait. Just one thing on um, Bamford that I forgot to mention. His conversion still worries me a bit. Oh yeah. He had five shots on target and one goal from that. It's not very clinical. He gets so many chances that they're going to go in eventually. <laughs> it, it, it's that kind of stage. Uh, Barnsley 3, Hull 1. Connor Chaplin topped off the win for the Tykes. Massive results. No wins in 17 before this game. Chris says what a relief it was to finally see a Barnsley win. The celebration for the third goal with Chaplin literally collapsing to the ground shows how much the lads have been fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first win since the opening day, so <laughs> been a long time coming. Mm. They looked like they were going to be cut adrift at the bottom, didn't well. it, at one point. But this win has closed the gap a bit. Mm-hmm. Five points from safety still, but does this result give them a bit of hope, Justin? Perhaps. It was, there was a shift in performance, you know. They were they were creative. They had six shots inside the penalty box, uh, penalty area. Um, they didn't allow Hull to, to, to break on them. You know, they think Hull oh, only had one counter-attack. So, you know, it seemed organised, uh, productive and obviously clinical, which is a, an amalgamation of things that haven't happened for Barnsley this season. Yeah, absolutely. Could, could it be a case of Hull were just pretty poor? I think so. Look at look at look at some of the games Hull have um, won over the recent recent we- uh, weeks. You know, winning four 0 against Preston in the week. It's got to be a one off, hasn't it? How do you go from battering Preston <laughs> and then losing to the worst team in the league? Yeah, how it's the championship. Is it just the championship, or is it sloppy management? Oh, I would. I probably wouldn't go as far as sloppy management. I think. Well, he's changed the system and put Bowen up front. And I have no idea why he's done it. Yeah. Um, because Bowen was completely ineffective in this game. He only had one shot on target. I don't understand why he's changed it. He had Tom Eaves on the bench. Against Preston, they played McGuinness up front, but he wasn't involved in this yeah. game. So surely all you do is just straight swap McGuinness for Eaves and leave Bowen behind the striker. No, yeah, no, I, I do agree that that isn't going to help, obviously. You know, He's your best player. Well, there you go. You play him in his best position then. Yeah. You you put him in the position where he's going to have the biggest influence on the game, not up front. Well, it's, it's naivety, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. It is disappointing. It's to... just a really weird decision by Grant McCann. And or it's, cost it's premeditated. Play go Bowen on. out of position. Plays poorly. Doesn't get sold. Uh, yeah. You've got it. <laughs> the lad we were talking about last week got his first ever senior goal. Keen Lewis Potter. Lewis Keen Potter. Lewis Potter, who's very keen. Potter Keen. Okay. Wigan 1, <laughs> Reading 3. <laughs> George Puskas with a hat trick just in. It's good to know he heard our criticism of him last week and decided to pull his finger out. We are a jinx. Five minute hat trick, equaling his goal tally for the whole season in five minutes. What's the record for a hat trick? I'm, um, I remember someone doing it a couple of years ago. Was it? Oh, it was Marnie, wasn't it? Yes, that was very quick. Yeah, but five minutes is still ridiculously mm-hmm. quick. If any fans who are listening to this want us to criticise their out of form strikers, we are more than happy to do that. They'll get 
a hat trick yeah. or something next week. Oh, we've been trying the Wigan team for a while, so it's not working. That's a fair point. I mean, Kiefer Moore did get a penalty eventually, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> this was a massive game for Reading, and how important this three points could end up being will only show at the end of the season, really, won't it? Well, what did we say in the week? This this game is is a is a big one this weekend. Um, Six pointer. I know yeah. it's cliche, but it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, to be 1 0 down for such a long period of time and then bang, five minute spell and you, you 3 1 up. I'd, I'd be in delirium in that way. And Finn Barr, the biscuit man on Twitter, says it was a drab, dismal affair for most of the afternoon. Reading subs brought needed creativity and helped up the work rate. Puskas had a breathtaking five minutes and suddenly I was no longer frozen to the bone. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, there you go. He clearly limbs. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? They were without Swift and Ajaria in this game, which makes it even more impressive because they have been, without a doubt, their best players Mm -hmm. this season. And some fans were saying before the game they'd take a draw when they saw the team line-up. Fair enough. When your strikers aren't in form um, and your two most creative players aren't aren't available, you fear the the worst. And obviously, going 1-0 down as well, for an hour of the game, just under an hour of the game, you do take a draw. Mm. <laughs> Wigan. I'm struggling to see how Paul Cook can survive. Mm. They were a little bit more, I'd say, attacking. They had seven shots on target, which is good for them. Good for their standards. But first things first, the penalty Wigan conceded was debatable. Yeah, that's fair. But the collapse after it is unforgivable. They lose the ball on the left wing for the first one, sorry, for the second goal, and then they lose the ball in the middle of the park for the third goal. I know they're chasing at that point, but there's there's an element of game management from the players that come into that. They've got experienced players. They've got Mulgroom, uh, Morsey, Pilkington. They're experienced players. They they They're good enough to to see a game out. But just going back to Paul Cook, I noticed you haven't stuck the boot into him yet. Who at Wigan is looking at this situation and thinking, yeah, Paul Cook's the man to turn this around? I I honestly cannot see why they've still got him. I've, I can't say any more than I already have. You will become a broken record. Yeah, the the team lacks creativity. He's dropped low, brought Pilton in. Okay, they look, they look a bit better going forward. Uh, Conversion-wise, it's not great. The the goal yesterday was from a set piece, again. Um, so that there's that element there that they're lacking. Um, yeah, it's as I say, broken record. But for me, there there are better managers out there that can get more out of this Wigan side. I'll 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 say it every week until they win. Yeah, just do yourselves a favour, get rid of Cook, bring in Daniel Stendhal, give I, them the yeah. best fighting chance of staying up. I just don't think this level's made out for for some managers. Unfortunately, it's it's a shame because Paul Cook, in the lower leagues, his teams play very nice football, and he's tried to adapt, and it's not worked for Wigan. Um, so I think it's just time to to move on. Yeah, Stoke one, Blackburn two. A late goal from Sam Gallagher. Turns out he <laughs> plays better at front. Who knew? Who knew? Only a few weeks ago, we were saying Blackburn should be looking over their shoulders. And their fans were agreeing with us. But three straight wins, and now they're on about a playoff push. Well, what do you think? I don't know. It's four wins in five for Blackburn. And they've got Derby next week at home. We know Derby's away form is terrible, so they'll be licking the lips at that. 
they're rising at the table. Dax in form, and um, why not? Dax form is very dangerous for any championship side yeah, they've got yeah, coming absolutely. up next because he's the one player you don't want in form really because when he is on form there aren't too many players better than him in his position in the championship is there? No, I completely agree. He's a, he's a definition of talisman um, for a side. You know, It's a team that on paper you look at it and go nothing's inspiring here just because they've got household names like Danny Graham, Stuart Downing, Bradley Johnson. Is Danny Graham a household name? I say household name in the sense that they've been around for a while. When you say household name, I usually think of people that every household knows. I don't think every household knows Danny Graham. In the championship, yeah. Do they? Danny Graham? Okay. Anyway. They've, they, yeah, they've, they've got players everyone, everybody knows about, but there's, there's no one there that really... Like, Reading have got some... Over, players from overseas like Puskas and you go ooh a bit different but then there's Downing Johnson Graham you know what I mean and Dak no okay Stoke they'll be very disappointed to have not got something from this game they missed loads of good chances in the second half and it's starting to sound a bit like the Nathan Jones Stoke it's it's one step forward for Stoke and then three four five steps back the revival under Michael O'Neill. Has it stalled? Of course it has. They've not won for two games now and they've lost two games poorly. You know, they last ten minutes they concede straight after scoring themselves, straight after equalising themselves. There's, there's clearly a concentration issue for Stoke because the goals that they do concede are, are laughable at times. Ugh. It's weird to think that two years ago this team was in the Premier League. Stoke fans are seriously worried on Twitter that they're going to get relegated. Should they be worried? We've, we've seen it before. Wolves. Sunderland. Southampton. Leicester. Yeah, it happens. Norwich. Yeah, it, you can't, you can't have... Yeah, there you go. You can't have any arrogance in this league because it bites you. And um, Stoke, Stoke are finding that out mm. badly. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Swansea 1, Fulham 2. Two goals from Alexander Mitrovic. Fulham continue to steam ahead, Justin. They're now posing the biggest threat to Leeds and West Brom. Yeah, I did see a Leeds fan who was uh, precariously looking over his shoulder at Fulham, getting a bit worried about them. Mm. Um, and fair enough, because Leeds have the squad to, to compete with them. It's just whether or not they can get the best out of that squad. You know, they're playing Kenny a bit deeper, which... I pointed out earlier on in the season, that's where he played under Jukanovic. He dictates games. He's the best player in the league for doing that by a mile. Um, that's where he plays best. And it's it's proven uh, very handy for, for Fulham. Yeah. Michael on Twitter says, we're somehow third after not really playing well for yeah. 90% of the season. Tide may have turned this last week with three wins from three. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Kearney in a deeper role means it's much easier to control games. Rodak was superb and... Uh, Mitro was literal, whatever that means. Oh, literal fire. Sorry, he put the little flame emoji oh, afterwards. Right. I was wondering what was going on there. We don't speak emoji. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fair play to Scott Parker because it looked like he was struggling with the whole you know, management thing, but he's, <laughs> he's getting to grips with it, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, really well. Marek Rodak, as Michael mentioned just then, definitely deserves praise mm-hmm. because he has come into the side and been absolutely brilliant. 
we were giving Marcus Bettinelli plenty of stick at the start of the season. <laughs> but since Rodak's come in between the sticks, Fulham look a lot better. Mm-hmm. And you've got to remember, he's only 22. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. That, that's really young for a goalkeeper, but he is looking like the real deal. Yeah, well, statistically, last season he had one of the best um, save ratios, uh, save percentages in the league. Obviously, playing for Rotherham, you're going to get that. Um, but clearly, he had he had talent. I was surprised he wasn't put in sooner. Mm. Um, but he's you know he's shown his quality and he, he's got the ability to be an international goalkeeper. I think he's Slovakian. Um, my knowledge on Slovakian goalkeepers isn't. isn't is it Slovakia or Slovenia who have got Handanovic and Oblak? Oh, that's Slovenia. It's got to be. Because I remember looking at this the other day and thinking one of them has got a ridiculous amount of goalkeepers, but that's not championship football. Well, so. Rodak's better than both of them anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so it helps It helps any team having a, a strong goalkeeper in who you can rely on. Yeah, definitely. Finally, Mitrovic. What more can you say? Goal scorer. It makes no sense that a team in the top half of the Premier League hasn't looked at him and thought, yeah, go on. Well, we derailed one of our episodes earlier in the season, didn't it? Yeah. Um, we just assumed he was going to leave. Yeah. And bang, signs new deal. I'd be buzzing if I was a Fulham fan. That 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 saves your season, that does. Yeah, Swansea fans have been critical of their performance, but I don't think they were actually that bad. There's There's... I think that's just a difference in quality, isn't it? Um, I think Swansea losing at home against not the best. But I don't uh, think the performance was terrible. No, but you've got to, you've still got to be you've got to be getting uh, points and winning games. It doesn't matter how at, at times Swansea have been very inconsistent of late. You can't be inconsistently inconsistent. No, consistently inconsistent. Well, I was going to say n- not winning. Okay, and then they're not doing that enough to to even warrant a playoff place at the moment. But they're still hanging around there at the moment. Uh, George Byers really impressed me in this game. He's been in and out of the team, but he looked he was all over the place for Swansea in a good way. He recovered then from his vicious assault in the week by Shalaba. We won't go into that. <laughs> Forest nil, Cardiff one. Thirty-two shots for Forest. Thirty-two, only two on target. That, for me, sums Forrest up because they are quite wild in their shooting at times. I saw it in the the Derby game when we lost 1-0. When Derby lost 1-0 there. Amiobi would take a shot on from anywhere. <laughs> Everyone was taking a shot from everywhere yeah. in this game. If you look at where they've had the shots from, there aren't too many of them that were actually in the box. No. <laughs> They're no, 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 splattered no. all over the place. It is... Why? Why? Well, I've, why? I've mentioned this. <laughs> I've mentioned it throughout the season that Forest look. Uh, they lack a bit of uh, composure, a bit of uh, potency in the final third. You know, wide players don't score enough. Their only source of goals is grabbing, and they don't put him in, in um, good positions enough. Obviously, that many shots on goal from various positions. Can you at times square it to grabbing or play him through? Um, without counter-attacking, I don't think this Forest team offers much going forward, which is a fairly damning assessment given where they are. Defensively, they're superb. Mm. Organisationally, they're superb. Counter-attacking, they're great. Um, and setting traps for teams, they're brilliant. 
But when the when the emphasis is on them, and I said this already this season, when the emphasis is on them, when they've got more of the ball, they're pretty poor. Yeah, well, that's what Joe on Twitter says. The one time we dominated possession, this happens. He says he's not a fan of starting Silva and Carvalho in the same midfield. Maybe stick Carvalho out wide as it's worked previously. Great away performance from Cardiff. We just couldn't break them down along with awful finishing. And just quickly before we talk about Cardiff, we mentioned on Thursday's episode that Forest going forwards mm-hmm. are so inconsistent. Yeah. One minute, they're absolutely fantastic. Next minute, they put in a performance like this where no one really takes the game by the scruff of the neck and drags them over the finishing line. Well, that's that's perhaps what they need. And they've got, they've got players who can do that. You're looking at Joe Lolly, um, grabbing as well at times. You know, he's a leader from the front. Um, Thiago Silva's got the creativity to do it. They They need that. And, you know, I, I don't think if they've got any ambition to finish in the top two, they games like this, they need to put teams away. Um, games like this made me think they won't finish in top two. No. Uh, top six, I do agree. we've give them plenty of praise mm-hmm. for because I, I still think they're well on course for that. But they need to be winning games like this because Cardiff's away form is terrible. But... They've got the master of away performance shithousery in Neil Harris. Why? Because they just sit back. This is this was a textbook Neil Harris away game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you soak up pressure, you defend and nick a goal. That is pretty much Neil Harris's Millwall away form in a nutshell. They they had that unbeaten run, remember, when they came up that season. Um, they finished just outside, outside the playoffs. They had a ridiculously good un, unbeaten away record. Um and that is down to down to um, sacrificing the ball and nicking a goal. Yeah, we're definitely sacrificing the ball. <laughs> it was a really well-executed result from Neil Harris, wasn't yeah, it? And, uh, he's still unbeaten as the Cardiff manager. Where are they in the table? Hang on a sec. They are 10th. Yeah, they're, they're slowly creeping up the table. And as you say, they're unbeaten in three under Harris. Um, they'll, they'll take some beating. We were rolling them out for the playoffs, but they're only three points off at the moment. It, it's games like this, and again, you go back to their own form, um, that when the onus is on them, can they can they deliver? Um, so that's where that's where the test is going to lie. Um, but saying that, um, Cardiff could have won by a couple more goals against Forest. They had enough chances. Hoyle had one cleared, cleared off the line. So it's not like it was a, a classic 1-0 win where you have one shot on target. Um, ball game, so the, you know, Cardiff could have won by more. Let's go to the Valley. Charlton won Wednesday three, a Stephen Fletcher double, and ordinarily I'd have seen this as a relatively tricky game for Wednesday, but Charlton's injury problems, which we'll get onto in a sec, mm-hmm. meant they had to get three points here. Otherwise, this would have been a really poor <laughs> result. They made hard work of it, but they did eventually get over the line. No, definitely. Sheffield Wednesday have countless times this season have especially under Monk, have battered teams in terms of chances, um, chance creation. Um, they just haven't put teams away. Um, and this is the first time they've done it for a while, I think. Uh, Fletcher getting a couple of goals is, is going to help. The penalty, I love, for the celebration. And um, Neuhu as well, getting on the score sheet, helping out the strikers, is again, is another confidence boost. But as you say, the injury crisis for Charlton started to bite them in the arse. Is there a better strike partnership in world football at the moment than Stephen Fletcher and Andrew Anti Nuriu? 
I love Neuhut to bits. I think he's criminally underrated for what he does. His work rate's incredible. But, joking aside, yes, it is. 14 players missing for Charlton, including the likes of Lau Taylor, Johnny Williams, Josh Cullen and Conor Gallagher, a.k.a. their four best players, what Mm -hmm. were you going to say? I saw a tweet listing the the unavailable players and it was ridiculous. I also saw a tweet as to why Lau Taylor might be missing. Are you allowed to speculate? This isn't something illegal, is it? No, 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 this is pure speculation, but potentially a joke. Um, Someone said he was out canvassing for the Conservative Party, which I thought was quite funny. Because he's one of those footballers that airs his views. And it's nice to see. I thought he said he was going to vote Green Party. I, you know, it was just a tweet from a Charlton fan. He is very active on Twitter, which I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. The bad thing is that when he's back fit, he probably won't be as active on Twitter. But at least he he'll, be be. Back play, he'll be back playing football. Scoring goals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fact they were level until the last 10 minutes is impressive mm-hmm. in itself for Charlton. Um, they have obviously had to play the kids because they were missing so many players. One of those kids is Alfie Doughty. Look good. He 19 look good. years old on his full league debut. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant assist mm-hmm. for the Charlton goal. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if he gets a go when uh, Ben Perrington's back because Perrington's not the most popular player within the Charlton <laughs> fan base. So if Doughty gets a, a go, it'll be... a. Very well deserved. Um, how much have injuries played a part in Charlton's slide down the table? They're only seven points off the relegation zone now. Well, they lost Lyle Taylor. It feels like he's been missing since the start of August. Which how, is how long has he been missing? I don't, it feels I, like ages. It does feel like ages. I think it's a good two two or three months. He's he's not played a game in November, and I don't think he played in October. Yeah. Um, so you lose your arguably your best striker. Albeit Macaulay Bond has been pretty productive. Yeah, um, and efficient up there, but as well as and and Leco as well, you know you lose your 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 top striker, that's not going to help. You lose your top um, player in terms of assists and Johnny Williams, that's going to make things a lot harder. And then you add other players to the mix, uh, like Conor Gallagher yesterday. Your industry it's going to get pretty difficult. But as you say, industry uh, injuries I think has. Not derailed this season, but it's a bit of a wake-up call now for for Charlton. Mm. Taylor and Williams could be back for the game against Middlesbrough next week. It's going to be interesting to see how all these players fit into the same side because all the players we've mentioned are all midfielders, attackers. So Lee Bowie's got a bit of a job on his hands trying to rearrange it all and making it all work. I think Lee Bowie knows his best team. And I think Taylor, Williams, Gallagher, they're all in that best team easily. But could you see Bond being dropped? Well, you, you can play two up front. But then again, Leco's been on form as well. But for me, Taylor's a lot better than Bond and Leco. So he goes in regardless. Fair enough. Derby 1, QPR 1. Goals from Martin Waghorn and Eberechia Easy mm-hmm. saw the two sides share the points. Harrison on Twitter says, We struggled a lot without Bielik in our midfield. George Evans is not up to this standard. Tom Lawrence was kept quiet, while the only good thing came from Waghorn's free kick. Derby and another team have had a few injuries recently. Yeah. Bielik going out in the warm-up was a massive blow mm-hmm. because he is a machine yeah. in centre-mid. Shinny's also been missing. They, and the defence, what on earth is going on with that defence? They played four fullbacks yesterday. Yeah. And 
if you said at the start of the season that Wisdom, Forsyth, Malone and Davis would be the back four, you'd be going, what the hell is up in there? Because obviously you'd have yeah. Bogle, Keogh, Clark and Lowe. Mm-hmm. So it shows you how... Yeah. Kaku has been having to rearrange things and the fans have been going on his back a bit but oh, with with the amount of injuries they've had you can't be too critical it's, really it's not just injuries it's injuries to your key players yeah um, it's not squad players that are getting injured it's your key players getting injured that um, derby team out on Saturday was a pretty poor team uh, I said it and I actually saw a couple of other people say it it's the worst team I've seen since Clough when the likes of Theo Robinson and Connor Salmon were leading the line, and I will not hear anything bad said about Connor Salmon. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Theo Robinson man. To be honest with you, I love Theo Robinson, man. but okay. anyway, I digress. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a poor side, but just to back Cocky a bit, it's the, any criticism his way is pretty harsh. Mm. His one player that he's brought in permanently, Bielik, is turning into an outstanding footballer um, in that side. He's carrying that midfield, um, and as well as that, when you when your midfield missing Huddleston, who has got criticism this season, but for me he's been the pace setter in the Derby side. Our, our form tailed a bit, especially in away games when he dictates tempo. You know, it, it tailed off massively, and obviously you've lost Shinny as well. Hmm. Injuries have been cruel to to, to Koku. Yeah, might they, have already been unlucky. This is one of those games as well when Tom Lawrence, when he doesn't play, mm-hmm. the rest of the side yeah. isn't as good no, because absolutely. he was really poor in this game. He hardly touched the ball. Yeah, Lawrence Waghorn, uh, both poor. Waghorn's been off, been off it all season. He's got two in two now. One hit him and one was a free kick. I think Marriott's not getting enough criticism as well because he hardly touched the ball yesterday. Um, yeah, again, I, I think he's he's turning into a bit of an enigma uh, in the sense that you know fans love to see him play, but for me, he, he's not near enough. He's not an all rounder for me um, up front. There was a there's a uh, he likes to get in behind defenders. There was a time where he could have dropped short for a for a, a potential clearance pass, but he wanted it over the top, and it's like no, we're going to lose the ball. The you know keeper's quite far off his line. He's going to sweep it. Um, so yeah, he, I think he needs to be criticised a lot more because one goal in however many games is not good enough. Absolutely, Rain Rooney was introduced to the fans. He could be—I keep saying this every time we talk about him—he could be bloody brilliant in the championship. Could be, yeah. And Toby, on the basis of how they played on Saturday, could really do with him right now. It's a shame he's not going to be here until the end of well, start of next month. I'm. A little bit excited, but judging from yesterday, there are a lot more issues for Derby. But he is the kind of player, we were just talking about how Tom Lawrence can sometimes single-handedly drag that side. Wayne Rooney will single-handedly drag this Derby team for the shit. Absolutely, and hopefully he gets the best out of the players around him. But when when your £5 million striker... Is snatching at chances and not scoring goals, and the other five million pound strikers playing wide left because his form up front's been terrible. Um, yeah, it's not that in a nutshell. Is Derby's issues? 
QPR, Josh on Twitter says, a credible point on the road at Derby, a much better display after the Forest game. Defence looked a little better and Lumley had a decent game which will boost his confidence. Still no clean sheet this season though. And that is obviously the issue, but I thought QPR looked a lot more defensively sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derby weren't really troubling them too much, but... No, the, I think it was a crap game all round. Derby missing players and not being able to be at their fullest and QPR being a bit more reserved because they've been leaking goals for fun recently. This this game could have been a good game. Um, you know, I thought Easy was easy. Uh, easy was quiet. Ibrahim Easy was quiet. And um, when Wells came on, he didn't really affect the game. The standout player for me was was Ryan Manning, I think, and um, Jeff Cameron. They they both were outstanding for QPR. And as you say, they needed that performance perhaps more than the result um, in the sense that you know they were less gung-ho, more um, reserved. Yeah, let's go to the Gary Rowett derby. It's Birmingham 1, Millwall 1. Sean Williams with an absolute screamer. Before last weekend, Birmingham had drawn only one game this season. They've now <laughs> drawn one all in their last three games. Yeah, draws. Did you see the effort by Jukovic? I've not he's, seen it, no. It's terrible. <laughs> he's one-on-one. And Blues could have picked any player to go there and they would have picked him. Mm-hmm. But he's nearly at the corner flag. It's very funny. But If Shay Adams was up there, he'd have hit the target. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, not really too much to say about this game, I don't no. think. Birmingham's goalkeeper, Connell Truman, deserves a bit of praise. He's really taken his chance between the sticks. He looks tiny. I thought that. He's six one. <sighs> Which is not that small for a goalkeeper, no. but he looks really small no, he looks tiny. in goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he had a brilliant game. 23, which is a bit older than I thought he was. Yeah, but based on the two games he's played so far, you've got to wonder why he wasn't brought in sooner. No, absolutely. Um, he's keeping shots out, which is more than Lee Camp did. Well, Lee Camp just dropped him all over the place, didn't oh, he? Yeah. Uh, Millwall, considering their way from this season, point here, decent result. Yeah, Birmingham have always been a team that has pretty good at home St Andrews is one of those grounds that uh, especially as a Derby fan I hate going to because we never get a result there they're just a team that grinds games out at home they were unlucky not to win it Birmingham um, thought Bellingham neat feet towards the end of the game could have won it for them um, but as you say Millwall good result away for them and they, they go they're playing Forest next um, and as we know Forest without the ball sorry when they when the only season on them with the ball they're not very good um, so I think Millwall could nick a result. Yeah, not a bad shout. Tomorrow night, Justin. Monday night, it's Preston <sighs> v West Brom. Massive game for Preston. As yeah. I said on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, I think it's season-defining because if they get a result, they're still in the chase for the top mm-hmm. two. If they don't, they're probably going to have to settle for a playoff base because they'll be miles behind Leeds and West Brom by this point no absolutely and you can't see them dropping many points for the rest of the season West Brom we know how good Preston are at home so would you say a point would be a decent result for them I think given the quality of player and the form that West Brom have been in I think a point would it, it would be a good point because you go to Deepdale it's a, it's a hard place to go and get a result and as well as that as I say with the quality of play you know it's a double-edged sword, really, because obviously Deepdale, hard place to go, point, fine. But the quality of player and form West Brom have been in, you 
sort of expect a win. And Preston have lost their last two. Yeah, and obviously getting panned at Hull as well is not going to help, but mm. we know Preston at home are a completely different gravy. Score prediction? I reckon it's going to be 3-2 to Ooh. Preston. Nil nil. In other <laughs> news, Justin, Roland de Châtelet has agreed to sell Charlton. It's the news we've all been waiting for. Why? Why? Because he's a dick. But he's been... He's got Charlton to the, the championship. Get out of here. Of course, I'm happy about it. And apparently, joking. their new owners mm-hmm. are very, very well off. I think most championship owners are, aren't they? Over I think these ones Cairns. are allegedly, from what Charlton fans are saying, very well off. Like? We're talking they will definitely be able to buy you a couple of rounds in the pub. I mean, sarcastic, they're fucking loaded. <laughs> All right, that's the F word, right? Sorry. <laughs> uh, we're talking billions, I think. Oh, they're good. That's, that's, that's handy. The Charlton oh. fans yesterday were chanting, I'm going to say the F word again, so if you have got kids in the car, well, it's a bit late now anyway. We're fucking rich. <laughs> So instead of, you know, when you used to throw things onto the pitch... They're throwing money. They're throwing money. <laughs> it's kind of... The the charm of Charlton, though, is the fact that they've done it on a shoestring. I, you know, I don't really... I don't want them to chuck money at it. Well, the task is that they've got to do now. The mm-hmm. new board is nailed down the players they've got there because Charlton last season, they massively messed up because so many of their players... Yeah. Their contracts expired last mm-hmm. summer, so they lost Arebo, for example, Bauer, Bauer mm-hmm. two of their best players. Some of them obviously stayed on, mm-hmm. but they were left short-staffed in the summer. They need to make sure that doesn't happen again, provide some stability, and give Lee Bowyer an absolute treasure load. I don't know what that means. Treasure chest. Treasure chest, that's what I meant to say. A treasure chest going into January in the uh, summer. I think the summer's probably more realistic because I think the squad of, I mean, injuries aside, is pretty set up for the season. They've got a lot of loans in. So, and obviously, as we know, a lot of players out of contract, a lot of players going back on, back to the parent clubs. The summer will be another sort of upheaval, I think, for Charlton. So, yeah, that's, that's a good time to recruit. Mm. Derby have rejected Richard Keogh's appeal against his sacking for gross misconduct. Mm-hmm. He can now take his case to the EFL, which I imagine he will do. Yeah, probably. What do you make of this? It's all getting a bit sour, isn't it? Sour. Or I mean, more sour than it was before. It's, it's to be expected. I, I didn't necessarily agree with the sacking. Um, although you see the justification in it to an extent. It was you, see, get sacked, so. you see why they've done it. Yeah, but, but then... Yeah, I, I, do I think it's morally right? Probably not. But you're running a business and yeah, but you're going to do it. I know we've been over it before, but if you sack Bennett and Lawrence and then sack Keogh, fair enough. If you don't sack those two but and sack Keogh, you know, that's that's fine. It's because he's got, the other two have got sell-on value. Keogh doesn't now. Mm. It's sad. Is it right? As I say, probably not. But Derby, they've got a business to run. Yeah, we'll be doing a few episodes on um, employment law eventually, so we'll cover that in more depth. <laughs> we'll uh, talk to some uh, lawyers on the next second tier meets. 
Forest right back Matty Cash could be called up to the Polish national side. Love this. He's eligible through his grandmother, apparently. I'm interested to yeah. see it happen. I mean, he has got Lukas Piszczek in front of him, but... Oh, yeah, but he's getting on a bit. He is getting on a bit. And Bielik now a first-team starter for, for Poland. I'm um, all for as many championship players being in the Polish national team as possible. Got Bartosz Bielkowski as well. This is great. What if, brilliant. What if Poland win the Euros? It'd be brilliant. We'll celebrate. We'll celebrate yeah. along with the Millwall, Forest and Derby fans. I don't think they'll be celebrating really, but there you go. Because yeah, Are they even at the Euros? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. He's also signed a new contract, which is it's, nice, yeah, isn't nice, it? Yeah. Middlesbrough fullback George Friend has been ruled out until February with a thigh injury. He struggled with it since the end of last season. And it has got the kind of ring to it where it might be one of those that just sticks with him for the rest of his career, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But he is obviously a leader in that Middlesbrough dressing mm-hmm. room and they're missing him badly at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, no, definitely. The Duke of Cambridge has met the West Brom squad this week. Oh, Prince... Oh, come on. I've, just, I've been watching the Will you? on Netflix, yeah. Flipping it's the Duke of Cambridge threw me. I just pre- refer to him as Prince William. Well, that's his, that's his title. Oh, cool. Nice And one. we're journalists here, Justin. Uh, mine's iffy. <laughs> <laughs> they say it was an honour to meet someone as highly regarded and royal as Matthias Pereira. That's, yeah. What, Prince William said that? <laughs> and finally, shoppers have vowed to boycott a Tesco Express store in solidarity with a cat who has been banned from the shop. Pumpkin was well known at the store in Norwich for regularly strolling in and having a snooze on the tills, but he's now not allowed in there. Absolutely. Wait, who, who are you showing solidarity with? Tesco? Tesco. Oh, wow. Well, go on. You can't allow cats into the shop, can you? I mean, <laughs> he's not harming anyone. He's just having a snooze on the till. What if he bit someone? I don't think he has bit anyone. What if, what if it's not being reported? He's what not if, doing any harm. What if the cat has management around, the, around his little paw finger? Stop it. You'll get Pumpkin's lawyers on us. and then uh, Yeah, I can't speculate. Yeah, can come I? on now. can't speculate. Unbelievable. I expected better from you. Let's do some polls, Justin, at the start of the show. We asked you three questions. Three very simple questions. The first one, can anyone stop Leeds and West Brom? What are you saying? No. 58% said no. It's close. It's tighter than I thought. Mm. I think there's there's a lot of fans in there going, yeah, my team can do it. Yeah. No, they can't. Who needs second the most? Paul Cook, Jonathan <laughs> Woodgate. Paul Cook, Jonathan Woodgate, Graham Jones. Uh, I think there'll be more Middlesbrough fans saying Woodgate than anybody else. Woodgate got 65%. Yeah, fair enough. Finally, Marmite, yes or no? Well, it's, it's a resounding no and... The fact that I've I've known you since probably I was four years old and most mornings before school and you used to call for you, you'd have a Marmite, Marmite and toast. It's absolutely Marmite. disgusting. I love Marmite so much. But unfortunately, our listeners don't. 64% said no. Yeah, there you go. I feel like a lot of these people haven't actually tried Marmite. I've never tried it. Oh, come on. How can you criticise Marmite? How can you criticise Pumpkin the Captain? The captain. <laughs> Pumpkin the Captain. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Pumpkin the Cat when... You you've never met Pumpkin. You're accusing him of before you go off a, before you go off on a tangent. You have the worst palate I've ever come across. Um, I do. Nando's. What do you have? I don't go to Nando's because I think it's overrated. What have we had when we've been to Nando's? <sighs> what have you had? Plain chicken. Plain chicken. <laughs> Plain chicken, listeners. And chips. And chips. No flavour. 
You've shown me up. You have embarrassed me in front of our Good. minions. Good. <laughs> Let's do the Craig Bryson pub quiz, Justin. It's that time of the week where Justin asks me, or vice versa, uh, a random championship legend who has over 200 championship appearances and will have played relatively recently. Mm-hmm. It's Justin's turn to ask me this week. So, Justin, hit me with the first clue, please. I made 274 appearances for five clubs in the championship. That is a lot of clubs and a lot of appearances. And I scored six goals. That's not many goals. No, it's not. So, I'm thinking defender. I'm going to go with... I uh, can't think of anyone. Nicky Shorey. No. I started my career at Gillingham in 1998 and finished it at Dagenham and Redbridge in 2016. Jamie Curriton. No. I knew he played for Dagenham and Redbridge. I think Jamie Curriton's still playing, though. Uh, he Hang is. On, what, could you say that again, please? So, he started his career where? At Gillingham in 1998. And finish it and finished it at Dagenham and Redbridge in 2016. Um, just just for, also, you said Jamie Curriton, um, he scored more than six goals in the championship. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shall I, shall I carry yeah, on? Yeah, please. During my time at Gillingham, I was used as an emergency striker in the season they were relegated from the championship in 2004 2005 before moving on to Sunderland. Greg Halford, no. Good shout, though. That is a good shout. He was at Colchester once. Yeah, but he also played for Sunderland. So yeah. mm. I played in the Premier League for Sunderland in 2005-2006, being a key part of their defence for three seasons. Carlos Edwards. Good shout, but no. He, I, he's got more than six goals, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, he played. He was a winger, wasn't he? How many clues have you got left? Two. Okay. I have 14 caps for Jamaica. One goal. Is Carlos a good Jamaican? No, he's Trinidad and Bagan. How many caps? 14. 14 and one goal against Antigua and Barbuda. Do you want the date of that goal? I can get it for you. No, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, three, three years with Sunderland, you say? Well, he was at Sunderland for five years. Okay. Um, but two of those years were loan spells out. He's played for five clubs. In the championship. In the championship. One was Gillingham. One was Sunderland. I was going to say Titus Bramble, but I don't I don't think he's played that much in the championship. I think he spent a really yeah, yeah. time in the Premier League. <sighs> Defender. Uh... This is got a player. one clue left. You've got one clue after this. What were you going to say? This is a player who used to sign off for manager a hell of a lot. And he was a very good defender. He could play in two positions. This is this is a bonus clue. He could play right back and centre back. Jamaican defender mm-hmm. for Sunderland. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go on, next one. It's your final clue. I know. <gasps> oh, you haven't said the next clue yet. No. I think I've got it. Okay. Is it Nairon Nosby? Oh, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, Gave you too much. I was going to say Mariapa because I always get Mariapa and Nairon Nosworthy mixed up, but Mariapa was he's still playing, isn't he? Yeah, well, Nosworthy and Mariapa both played for Watford, so he's played for Gillingham, Sunderland, Watford, Sheffield United, and Blackpool in the Championship. I would have not got half those clubs. Completely forgot I played for Sheffield United or Blackpool. It was what was the last clue? I just said it. That. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> when I said to you, my player didn't have um, like the Michael Chopper one. You know, I mentioned that he had an argument with his wife. Yep. Um, Nairo Nosworthy is clean cut. He's a good man. 
and he has no controversies that were remotely out there. Apart from playing for Sunderland. Apart from playing for Sunderland, yeah. This has been the Second Tier Podcast, people. Thank you for listening. We do have another Second Tier Meets in the pipeline for this week, mm-hmm. so keep an eye out for that. You'll see it on your Twitter feed and your podcast feed. It'll be there. Yeah. On Thursday. So you can look forward to that. We'll be back again next Sunday when we'll have more championship delightful action. How exciting, Justin. So much content. So much content. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.